Good morning, church. Is it exciting already? It's an amazing thing to fellowship in light where the Spirit of God is free. Amen. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> amen and amen. I'm giving you some time to settle in. We apologize for the heat. You know the reason. We're running generator. So, uh -huh. in the short while, we'll buy the one that we don't have to worry about it. Is that true? Yes. And we don't have to suffer anybody, Abby. You know, it's by grace. Somebody say grace. Easy, easy, no stress. Pastor don't have to come and preach a hot sermon about giving because we want to buy generator. <laughs> it's with ease and grace. What we have now just powers the light. We need one that powers all our ACs. Hallelujah. That's so easy to do. Amen. But on your head. Precious Father, I thank you. Before this time, you have heard me concerning this service. And everything you have said and everything that we have agreed is our manifestation. We yield our spirit to your message, to your word this morning. Maybe because a change where change needs to be caused. Light upon light. Glory upon glory. There's a day in the heart, in the life of a man that brings him to settlement. Let this day be that day. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, precious Father. What is not of you will never come out of my mouth. Thank you, Lord. And amen and amen. Come on, if you receive it, you say louder, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I promised you that this beginning March that I will go back and teach all that we taught from the 1st of January. Is that true? And the reason for that is because we don't have a curriculum to finish. The word that, the, that God gives us in this house is also a direction for our path. Did I say that? It's a guiding light to us. Your word is a lamp unto my feet because it directs me. So when God says something to us, it's also direction for our lives. And the reason I'm repeating is because everybody must be carried along. In this house, nobody is to be left behind. Somebody say, loud, amen. amen. I say in this house, there shall be none feeble. Somebody say, amen. amen. I say in this house, there shall be none weak. Somebody say, loud, amen. amen. For the Bible says, concerning the first church, it said in their midst, nobody lacked. For a long time, we didn't know how to do that. But we are now in that place. Amen and amen. And that's our reality. There's God listen to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this house, nobody lacks, nobody is weak, nobody is feeble. Now, before I get to the message, in fact, I'm going to preach now what I preach on the first day, on the first Sunday of this year. That's what I'm going to preach now. But before I go to that, let me give you a foundation. There are only two ways by which men can change their lives. It's only two ways. Only two sources. Only two ways. Every day we wake up trying to do better. We pray to God because we want to become better. We want to do better. If you are doing this job, it's not working. You go get another one. Everybody is trying to do better. But ladies and gentlemen, 
Brothers and sisters, there are only two ways that our lives can be improved. One way is man's way, the other way is God's way. Someone says, Amen. Amen. Pastor, what are you saying? Don't worry, you will get to understand. A man can strive to improve his life. And God has no problem with that. In the first place, he's the one that gives you the ability you are striving with. Is that true? A man can strive to be better. And so, if you don't have money, you will try to get more work. First of all, church people, you try to pray more, or sow more, or do some radical spiritual exercise to open more doors for you. Or you try to change from one business to another, or look for jobs to get. Because you are trying to increase, you are trying to do more better, you are trying to make more money. Or if you are having a problem with relationship, you may cancel one and jump to another one. Or if people are complaining, if you are sick, you are running all over the place looking for the best doctors to fix you. That's the one way. Man's effort, man's ability, all that is man. But there's another way. Somebody say it louder. Amen. And that way is when a man allows God to fix him. That way is when a man allows God to transform him. That way is when a man allows God to restore him to the fullness of the glory he had with the Father even before the world was created. Don't forget, before the world was created, you and I were realities with God. Is that true? We existed in Him before the world was created. Because the Bible tells us that He loved us even before the foundations of the world. And so, I don't know about you. I have tried both. I'm sure you have tried too. I know the one that is better. Somebody say Amen. After I have tried the one of man, now God has brought us to a place where we are allowing God to fix us. Somebody say louder, Amen. And it is easier to understand. Man's way is always physical. Man's way is always outside. So if you are not happy, you try to go get something to make you happy. Or you are believing that getting more things will make you happy. Or you are believing that you will prosper when you run away from Abuja or run to Aquaibom or somewhere else. Remember, man's approach is always outside because man is flesh. Man is driven by his five senses. Don't forget, man's way is always in the flesh because man is driven by his five senses. But God's way is not external, it's eternal. Remember what I'm saying? God's way, man's way, man's way is external, God's way is eternal. God works by restoring a man from within. Somebody say a loud amen. And that will make sense because a man is what he is inside of him. I've said that over and over and over again. Whatever a man is inside of him, that's what that man will experience. That's what that man will manifest. If a man is poor within him, 
if a man is poor within him, it doesn't matter how far that man goes, he will end up becoming poor. Even if that man was the president of this country, circumstances will conspire against him to bring him back to the level of his spirit. Are you with me so far? A man is great because that man is great in his spirit. A man is little because that man is little in his spirit. A man is depressed because that man is depressed within him. For what is a man if not his heart? His heart is what is in him. And when we say heart, what are we talking about? We are not talking about the physical heart organ. Is that true? We are talking about the totality of that man's thoughts, that man's emotions. Listen to me. That man's thoughts, that man's persistent thoughts, that man's persistent emotions, that man's affection, and that man's will. That is what heart is. So if a man is poor on this level, it doesn't matter how much you give that man, he will end up being poor. Now, what I'm showing you here is a divine principle that runs heaven and earth. If a man, if you are doing well financially, what I mean doing well financially is that you are feeling yourself grow from one level to another. When you get home, sit down and think, you will realize that there's a way you think about money. There's a way you have always thought about money. And so when a man sees you driving a good car, the man will come to you and say, what do you do? Isn't that what we ask? Right? What do we do? And the idea is that if he does what you do, he will get what you get. But you know that you can explain to that man what you do one million times. He will still do it and fail. Is that true? I asked them this last Thursday. Two people in this country will go to medical school. They receive the same content. They write the same exam. They graduate in the same system. They are ruled by the same government. They are surrounded by the same people. But so they come out graduated as medical doctors. Yet, one will end up building big hospitals. One will end up all the rest of his life looking for a job. Have you seen that happen before? Yes, yes. Otherwise, anybody who is a medical doctor should be a very wealthy man. Isn't that true? Yes. A man is successful because his spirit is successful. Just hear me out. A man is successful because his heart is successful. If a man is successful or rich within him, even if you carry that man to the poorest of all countries, give him a time, he will rise up to lead them. It doesn't matter. Friends, that's why I told you, God does not fix men from outside. He fixes them from where? Inside. Because once their inside is fixed, it's like letting loose something wonderful. That man prospers wherever he goes. If everybody is selling eyes, that man will find a better successful way to sell eyes. Don't forget, what is driving him is what is within him. But what the church teaches before, they say, well, if you are not doing well, pray more. What are you praying for? Remember, notice this, you are not praying to be changed from within. You are praying for God to give you things from outside. 
So you develop principle. They say here are the five radical faith-filled ways to prosperity. One, pray 12, p, p, 12 a.m. in the night. Because that time, the demons that are holding your money are asleep. Or, they say, well, the reason you have not done it is because you have not challenged God enough. You know, that the kind of offering you will give, God will stand up from his chair. <laughs> A man who talks like that doesn't know God. He thinks God is his village king. That's what he's thinking. If God reacts like that, then his man is not different from a man. The Bible said his, he is same yesterday, today and what? Forever. I will show you now. The Bible says he sees the end from the Hallelujah. That's God. And so watch this. So, in order to get your life better, you can become extremely religious. Even some people get confused. They say, well, since nothing is working, God has called me to ministry. <laughs> If he if it's because it's because God wants me to be in ministry, that's why I try to say paper. Nobody's buying paper. I try to say onion, all of them spoil. I say, okay, let me go and find job. I got there, they hired everybody, they said I should come back tomorrow. Before I could call them tomorrow, my phone got lost. So one plus one, God must be calling me to ministry. And then you now carry frustration calling to ministry. No, sir. No, sir. God does not manufacture evil. The Bible said in him there's no shadow of darkness. And part of this I will explain later is how men can get into all manner of things. I give you this example. Think about it. God delivered the Israelites from Egypt. What was the purpose of God for them to die in the wilderness? No. But a journey of 40 days turned to 40 years. And the Bible tells you why in the book of Hebrews. He said because they believe not. And what is belief? Belief is a function of the heart. The Bible said with the heart, man, eh? Believe. That means even though they left Egypt physically, but Egypt was still in their heart. Something happened. They will tell Moses, is it because there is no grief in Egypt that you brought us here to die? At least in Egypt, we knew we ate cucumber and onions. That's what they said. And they kept running around over and over. So, a man can be in a wilderness journey. Thinking is God that put him inside wilderness journey. Even your pastor can preach to you that God put you in the wilderness journey. No, sir. It's what is in your heart. That's why today you see many believers. They do all their best. And they keep wondering, God, where are you? No, God never... God never seek position. He doesn't seek position. What needs to change is what is in the heart of a man. And that's why every message Jesus brought was to teach man to believe. Believe is a function of the heart. He said, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So because we know this, because God has told us this, that is why every time you come into this place, the word of God that comes is the one that represents your heart. Because I know, no matter how poor a broke that man is, I don't need a special anointing or a special Goya oil imported from Bethlehem to pour on the man so that the man will go and make money. No, I can pour that oil on the man because his faith arises, he goes and gets money. But notice, 
It doesn't matter how much that man gets, he will come back to what is in his spirit. Simple. No. That's why Jesus never employed any of those means. But he taught and taught and taught and preached and preached. Why? He was trying to transform their heart. For what is a man if not his heart? That is the totality of the heart. And remember when I say heart, I'm talking about the man's persistent thoughts, his will, his affections, his emotions. Put that together. That's what we call heart. That's what the scripture says. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It's simple, friends. You can be praying for prosperity all the days of your life until you retire. What you are in your heart is what you become. If you are poor in your heart, ultimately, you end up in that place. So it's not a function of what God has done or what he has not done, for he has made all things available for us. It's a function of what is in that man's heart. So listen to this. That's why I say to people, when we confront you with the truth of the gospel today, and you don't receive it, you are not ready for change. Because the gospel confronts a man in his heart. A man is a good husband because he's a good husband in his heart. It doesn't matter. You can teach that man 21 practical, divinely orchestrated practical ways to be a perfect husband. He will learn it. He will shout, when you are teaching, he will shout, Rema. He will take his notes. He will go back home. He may practice it for two or three weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, very slow and steady. He will come back to where he is, where? In his heart. Always. But bring that man from his heart. And then suddenly, the way he thinks changes. When he thinks marriage is changes. His responsibility as a husband changes not from what his community says, but the love of God in his heart. And then suddenly, that's why we tell people, the gospel is not about behavioral modification. You don't hear me talk about those things. Ever since you were born, they have told you that integrity pays. Is that true? The logo of your primary school is what? Honest and integrity. You see the lie. Right? No. That doesn't change a man. God looks at a man's heart. And when that man's heart is like God's heart, that man's life becomes same as God's heart. God's life. Somebody say a very loud amen. If you're here, you say a very loud amen. amen. I just laid that as a foundation. Let me add on to that. Let me add on to that. That means my message today, I will just rush it. Let me add on to that. But what is it that molds a man's spirit? Words molds a man's spirit. That's why Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds where? From the man of God. Because a man's spirit is molded by what? Remember, very important, you need to know this, Satan had no power to force Adam and Eve against their will. What he did is to mold their mind by words. And then the Bible now said that Eve now look, what God said is bad. She now sees it as good. Your spirit is molded by words and that is why you've got to be careful what you eat. Oh, I have Time would not permit me to there to share so many things with you. But let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. How many of you have heard people say 
where there is no pain, there is no gain. Have you heard that before? Is that true? Have you heard that before? Have you heard men say there's no testimony without a test? Have you heard that before? Have you heard men say there's no glory, there's no glory without a story? Have you heard that before? And what they mean is ugly story, it's not a good story. Don't forget your spirit is molded by words. When you hear that, and maybe because the man has long beards, <laughs> or the man's title is Archbishop, Doctor, Thunder Walking, Miracle, Mountain Moving, Evangelist, or things or things. Maybe that's the man's names. And then he tells the testimonies of how he walked into the burial ground and just did all the dead people rose up. And then he says to you, but you know, without a test, there can be no testimony. And the thing sounds right, but it's just something that's taken from an English word. Because testimony starts with T-A-S-T, test. So they said, that's where it came from. That's where the Rema came from. And he's comparing it to his man's experience, not Christ. I'm coming to that. And so he says to you, so you, you took the note, you wrote it. I told you your spirit is molded by words. Now here you are, you have believed. Don't forget your heart. I said a man is what he is by his heart. Is that clear enough for everybody? So in your heart, your persistent thought is that you can never get a testimony without a test. And when we are talking about tests, we are talking about trials. This is what is responsible for the majority of the testimonies we used to hear in church. It's always escape from one trial or the other. Pastor, in fact, the longer the suffering, the heavier the testimony. Pastor, others graduated and I, for eight years I was writing jam. And then suddenly that day you say we should bring Goya oil. And when I poured the Goya oil, praise God, eight years, non-admission, God has done it. And then that confirms that there is no testimony without a, a test. I am not doubting the experience. What I'm questioning is what is it that produced the experience? I am not doubting that such stuff happened to people. But what I'm questioning is that what is it that led to that experience? Was it supposed to be so before? Was it God that sat down in heaven and looked at you? After all the people got admission, he put his hand on your head. You know, his hand is your leg, head now, and then your leg is running. Then after eight years, he now leaves you. Is that God? Or, Pastor, others graduated. My mate, they all got a job. Me, several years. And have you noticed that the harder it is like that, the more we promote those testimonies. We now print it in our church bulletin. We say, seven, seven dead years bondage broken. Listen to me. I am not disputing the experience because it happens. What I want you to pay attention to is why did it uh, happen. But don't forget, you have always believed that before a testimony comes, there must be tests and uh, trials. When a man eats of that, I 
have taught you in this house over and over and over again that whatever knowledge a man consumes, he becomes. Is that true? You have eaten of that fly, that rap. That is that is a nursery school rhyme. There's no testimony without a test. It's a nursery school rhyme. There's no glory without story. It's like that boy. What is that boy? Uh, what's that Nigerian artist? What's his name? Uh, Petro Tanka. Is that Petro Tanka? What is, what is his name? <laughs> uh, hey! Petro Rankin. I thought it was Petro Tanka. <laughs> you know what he sang? You know what he sang? He said he went to a party in Abule with his friend Kumbe and they took their friend Sile. That's a rhyme. Right? You see what I'm saying? There is no glory without a story. It's a rhyme. But it sounds well in your ears, doesn't it? And then you ate it. But you know that that boy is thinking. He didn't go to Abule. Is that true? You dismiss it. But because you don't know how the spirit works, it sounds good. You reckon it. You take it. Now, even though you are praying for things to get better, but subconsciously, you are also praying for tests and uh, trials. Why? Because you have believed that before a testimony comes, there must be a trial. You are not praying for trials outside. But you know that 95% of what happens to you comes from what is coming on from your spirit realm. But, Pastor, but I didn't pray for trial. No. If I what you are saying in your mouth, it's opposed to what your spirit is saying. Don't forget, because you have believed that for you to have a testimony, there has to be a test. That's how many spirits are molded. If you follow the Spirit of God, when you sit with a man for five minutes, you can tell where his challenge is coming from. So, Satan is not where they are looking for Satan. Satan is in the world that molds men's hearts. The Bible calls him liar. Jesus himself said he's a liar from the first day. When he speaks lies, lies masquerading as truth. Mm. And this is the worst part of it. When you believe that, you experience it. Now that you have experienced it, you are now, like my brother said, Lapos, you are now an evangelist of that. Because it's not a life principle that you teach other people. You will teach your children the same thing. Everybody who cares to listen, you tell them. Because not only did you believe it, but it has also become your practical what? Experience. Notice this. Any man who tries to teach you otherwise sounds like a liar to you. When we teach people who Christ is and who we are because of Christ, they don't understand. It's because my story is no longer my story. Christ's story is my story. The book, the five, six hundred years before Jesus came, Isaiah documented all this. He said he has taken away our pain and our sorrows. He took it upon himself, the Bible says. Isaiah 54, he says, shout, rejoice, for he has done his work. I'm not trying to form another story. His story has become my story. His pain has become my pain. His suffering has become my suffering. Oh, beloved, I am not looking for the test because somebody has been tested for me. 
What makes me a believer is to know that. Okay, let me ask you. Common sense question. Common sense question. Let me ask you. Which other test and trial will you ever go through that is greater than the one that Christ went through? Which one? You didn't get job for two years. Okay. Jesus Christ. You need to understand what Christ went through. So instead of me to be claiming this much more suffering, make I take your own. That's the gospel. I am not a believer because I believe Jesus died 2,000 years ago. I'm a believer because as he is, so I am. The Bible tells us in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 3, it says since his death, listen to this, it says this way, since we have been raised to a new life with Christ, the TPT says, his resurrection is my resurrection too. That means, when he died, who died? When he was buried, who was buried? When he rose from the dead, who was raised from the dead? Hallelujah. That's the gospel, friend. Because he has suffered for me, I live his glory. That's what faith is. That one has taken the, the, the nails that was made for me. I've already taken it because I took it in him. Because when he spread forth his hands, it was my hands. Don't forget, he was not supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there. Is that true? And so everything I owe, heaven and earth, he has paid for it. And so now, notice this. So, that's why the Bible, yeah, yeah, that's what the Bible says. The Bible now says, because we have been raised to death from him, Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. Colossians chapter 1, 1 to 3. Because he says now, fix all your thoughts. Did I tell you that your thoughts is your heart, right? Fix all your thoughts in the heavenly realities where Jesus is seated. At the right hand of God in the place of honor, glory, and power. He says. That's what the scripture says. says that's why I say to people, if we confront you with this truth, you reject it. You are not willing to change it. Don't worry. I've preached to people. A young man came here. I was teaching him the talking of righteousness. He was arguing, quarreling, arguing during the Bible study. He raised his hand up. He argue with us. So don't worry. No, no, no. Let's take him. No, Allah. It took him two years of suffering. And then suddenly he realized what he was talking about. You don't have to wait for two years. Today can be that day for you. Somebody say very loud, Amen. When finally you have an understanding of what it means that a man is born again, that a man has faith in Christ. I explained this last Thursday. People, church people don't believe Christ anyway. Church people don't believe Christ. How many of you know that Nigeria gained independence in 1960? How many of you know? How many of you were there? They told you, Abby, and you believed. Is there anybody who does that? Because we have historical accounts to prove that. Notice this. So you believe that Nigeria gained independence in 1960. Because you were told. You were not there. But that does not mean that you believe what that independence stands for. And that's, in fact, that's the problem with Nigeria. How many of you know that Nigeria, many Nigerians don't believe this in Nigeria? How many of you know that? You believe, you agree. That we gained independence in 1960. But number one, you don't even understand what that independence means. Neither do you believe in what it means. 
It's the same thing, Oga. You are not there. Your papa told you. You went to church. They told you that one man called Jesus of Nazareth died 2,000 years ago. You say you agree. But what that death means, you don't understand. Neither do you believe in what the death means. Because if you believe, it will transform your heart. Somebody say a loud amen. I say to people easily, if you accept the gospel we preach, transformation is imminent. The people around you will notice that something is changing quickly. That's what the Bible says, that the power of God, Romans chapter 1 verse 6, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For in it, listen, he says, in that gospel contains the power of God to deliver. So the power of God to save a man is in words, is in a message. And why? Because that message knows that man's heart. Remember, I'm using heart and spirit interchangeably. Is this making sense to anybody here this morning? Are you with me so far? All right. I have to cut my message. This one will do my foundation. So if I have to do the whole message, so let me cut it. Praise God. Was this helpful to anybody this morning? Praise God. And so when I see people, sometimes I see people walk in here, walk out. No, it's not. It's because perhaps you had an expectation. What you're thinking, but for, don't forget what I told you. The way God fixed this man is on this side. A man must hear the truth to be saved. That's why the Bible says, Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. Now, I told you that this year, 2022, is our year of settlement. Did I say that? Did I say that? It's our way of settlement. Settlement means establishment. That's what I say. And you know very well that before I say something, I have seen it. Is that true? I say what I've first seen. Settlement. Somebody says settlement. To you, settlement may mean something. For somebody else, it may mean something else. Settlement may be that after you have, you, you're not sure. You have always been hustling, walking left, right, center, just trying to make uh, ends meet or trying to find something. Suddenly, you come to a place of establishment. Now, there's a direction for your life. You know, this is where you're going to. Settlement may mean that you are single and you've always wanted to be settled. Suddenly, that is a settlement may be that money has always been an issue. But suddenly now, I'm saying this because I told you the first Sunday of this year that God has given us the blank check. Somebody say a very loud amen. amen. And the note of God is saying whatever a man will ask, no conditions. And this is why a man's heart must first be fixed. Because when your heart is fixed, you ask, you ask only what your father will ask. Because your heart is one with God. And so, and of course, since I began, I started talking about this January, I've been receiving testimonies. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. Testimonies upon testimonies. Confirming the word of God. Say, this year I am settled. Say, this year I am settled. What that settlement means for you is different. What it means for me may be different. It may be that this is that year finally where your spirit finds rest. What a settlement. For what a man is, is in his spirit, that's what that man will manifest. Finally, you find rest. You have been they have bamboozled your head with God. You have been chasing God everywhere, up and down. Finally, as Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest. 
fear may be that place of rest for you. That finally your relationship with God is the way that you always wanted to wanted it to be. So it could mean many things to different people. But all I have told you is what God asked me to say. And quickly, immediately after this people came back, Pastor, ah, this has happened. I said, listen to me. The greater testimony. The things you got are okay. If you get into something new, that's fine. But don't forget that the greatest part of this testimony is the person that you're becoming. That's the greatest part. Because money is only an exchange, an energy. But what God is interested in is the man that you're becoming. He's not withholding anything good from us. Don't let anybody say, hey, God is trying you, giving you 1,000 naira to see how you respond when you get 10 million. <laughs> that man thinks that man, God is man. <laughs> God doesn't work like that. I used to hear those things before. Say, God is just trying you, maturing you. <laughs> 56 years down the line, he's still maturing you. No. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Remember I told you, men can go into a wilderness journey because their heart has refused to change. And what a man is in his heart, that's how that man will be. Doesn't matter where he goes. And so, notice this. So I want to repeat to you and announce to you one more time that this year is our year of settlement. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. Now, whatever that settlement means for you, that is something that you decide. That is something you work out. It might be that this is the year you got into the path that you want that you have been prepared for. It may be a new career. It may be, but no matter whatever it is on that side, don't forget. The disciples of Jesus went out and they came back with a good testimony. They said, Master, even the demons bow down to us at your name. He said, Good, but rejoice that your name is written in the heaven. The greatest part of the testimony is not that you got money, is that your spirit is born again. Somebody say amen. amen. Born again can be on a different level. You have changed. You are a different man now. A better husband, a better brother, a better businessman, a better worker, a better pastor, a better son. Because that's where the testimony is. Now, I told you, man can hustle to get things. But God fixes from within. And so, as you hear those words over and over again, it's moving your spirit, preparing you for what God has already done. Are you with me so far? Now, I told you this. Don't forget blank check. Somebody say blank check. Blank check. Let me say blank check. Blank check. I told you, if you remember, the only thing you cannot bring into this zone is a sense of judgment. This is too small. This is too big. I'm too small for this. I'm too big for that. You are disqualifying yourself. Blank check means blank check. And if your heart is well positioned, you start to write what God has always wanted you to write. That's what you write on that check. That's the truth. Now, but remember, this church, I'm not here to give you some speculation. Because I told you, before I became a pastor, I always wondered, why will God come to a place like this and he will bless one person? He will skip this one. He will bless this one. He will skip this one, this one. 
They say God is in your neighborhood. You will soon reach your house. No. I was asking God, how come that the same thing you are doing, since you love all of us, how come the same thing you are doing, you cannot just do for everybody at the same time? Now we we'll come to that answer. Because what I'm sharing to you and what I'm going to show you now, you already have the capacity to do. Matter of fact, a lot of people are already doing it. Is that true? Just because of time, I would have probably stopped here and asked two or three people to come out and share with us. But notice this. That settlement, how do we get there? Thing that has always been in your heart. What is it that you've always wanted to be and accomplish? What is it that you've always wanted to do? What is that dream? If you don't know, take time and work on it. But what I'm saying to you, beloved, is this. That you have a blank check. To set the end from the beginning. The faith of God says the end from the beginning. And so when I come here and say to you, look at your neighbor and say, I've never been this blessed before. You are setting the end from the beginning. Don't forget, believing allows you to transcend beyond human reasoning. Believing helps you to transcend beyond your five senses. In your five senses, the morning, no day, but in your spirit, it's been built up. Somebody say very loud, amen. It's been built up over and over. And now you can pray as long as you want. Because this is a prayer you can pray out. And it's also more important that it's a constant meditation of your heart. As you are laying down to sleep, as you are waking up in the morning, as you are in your office, right? As you are doing whatever thing you are doing, these silent conversations can be going on over and over again. The more you do that, you are repositioning your spirit. Praise God. And if it stands where it's supposed to stand, I give you this guarantee in the name of God. Heaven and earth, I've said this over and over, heaven and earth will work together to deliver to you that which is your spirit. They say the spirit controls the physical. Isn't that true? This is what it means. It's not that some people gather. No. It's that what is in your spirit dictates your life. That's why Jesus came to change men's spirit. Not to change their diet. Not to change their clothing style. Not to give them religion. No, he came to change their spirit. Because that which is in a man's spirit, or that doesn't matter. A man, a man whose spirit is full of life has life. There are people who are living but they are already dead. Not dead. No. You can change things. Look at your neighbor and say you can change things. Come on. Tell someone say you can change anything. You can change anything. You can change anything. Just like your father. The end from the beginning. It doesn't matter who born you. Doesn't matter what your lineage is. Doesn't matter what your parents have, what they don't have. It doesn't matter. That is only your natural story. You are not transitioning to your spiritual story. Where you start to see beyond what your natural eyes can see. And beloved, this is why. When we invite people to come into Christ, this is the reason. Because your spirit is removed from the dead spirit in Adam to God's spirit in Christ. That's what it means that a man is born again. Die to Adam, raised up as Christ. So, bow down your head, everybody. Let me end here. Thank God we have light. We go dance now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, 
First of all, just follow me very carefully. I don't know how you got here today, right? I don't know what your religious background is. I don't know what you've heard before. But based on what you heard today, you just know that there's a need to start from somewhere. Call it start all over again. Call it start anew. That means that finally, finally, you are dedicating your heart to Christ. What that means is simply that now you take his death to be your death. You take his burial to be your burial. That when you hear Christ henceforth, you see that you have died. You have paid for all your sins. You have been raised to a new life. And this morning, you may need to make that commitment where you are where, where seated. Say, I didn't know this was this what it was. But right now, Father, I accept that Christ and I are one. If he died, that means I have died. If he was buried, that means I have been buried. If he was raised from the dead, that means I have been raised from the dead. That means now I have a new life. That's the commitment you want to make. You can do that when you're seated. I'm going to ask you to do something else. But that's the beginning point. You commit your heart to him today. You commit your heart. In fact, if you do that, burdens are lifting up your shoulders immediately. Rest of God is coming into your spirit. Who you are is no longer who they said. Generational cause, generational this, generational that. No, you are changing generation now. You are not belonging to the man of heaven, not the man of dust. We are now joining to the race of Christ where you become one with him. We are who he is is who you are. That's the first commitment I pray for this morning all over this place. If you are here, you want to do that, go ahead. Take this time. It's you and God. I'm not going to ask you to stand up and come to the front. No. You can do that from where you are. You say, Father, my heart belongs to you. Remember, your heart is your thoughts, your will, your emotions, your affections. Say, Jesus, I take you as me. All you have done, I've done. In you, I've been set free. You paid the price for me. Oh, thank you. Because you have set me free. And now I am free indeed. Amen and amen and amen. Oh, Father, we thank you. Now I give you praise, Father. For this is a new day. A new season. A new beginning. Hallelujah. Thank you. We have come. For somebody, this is that settlement for you. Because your spirit now will come to a place of rest. You are settled in your father. And then watch what God is doing in your life. Thank you, precious father. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. For in Jesus' wonderful name we have prayed. And everybody say a louder amen. Still bow down your head one more time for the last time. And this time around, I'm going to ask you, we've said it's a year of settlement. What does that mean to you? What is that settlement for you? What does it mean? What is it that will happen in your life? And then you say, mm, yes, I've been settled. What is it? Remember, what I'm asking you is not to think of how to get there. I'm not asking you to pray to get there. I'm just asking you to see yourself in that place. That's all. That in your thoughts right now, you can say, 
thank you father truly truly you can say thank you father wow this is me finally i'm here i'm here so what is what does that mean when i say settlement what does it mean for you that's what you meditate on right now i give you some time if you can't find an answer don't struggle you can repeat this when you go home remember god is with you at all times but you have to find it has to be specific don't say father i want you to bless me no what is that blessing what does it mean what is it that will happen to you we are blessed in christ already i'm talking about bringing what we have on this side to manifest physically we were in god but he eventually brought us out physically so what is it ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters what does that word settlement means for you is it your family is it finances is it your faith is it your life is it your work is it your health is it children what is it what is it that you will happen where will you see yourself that will mean that settlement has taken place that's what i ask you to see right now that's what i ask you to see right now oh thank you precious father lord i give you praise and i give you glory thank you precious father i exalt you lord i magnify you i commend you lord i join my faith with my brothers and sisters and that we are in the place of our destination that place of settlement for some people this settlement is all about your life for some people it's only a part of your life you want to start with that because once you learn to walk in the faith of your father you taste it then you see that there's no other way to change if not this way where god changes you thank you precious father hallelujah oh thank you father thank you precious father oh i thank you and i stand here to hear you give me the testimony as i stand here now i'm hearing you say to me pastor it has happened that day is amazing the first sunday when we did this people said what that day pastor when you said this this is what came to my mind so i'm receiving this those testimonies already i'm hearing you say to me pastor that day this is what i said and here it is thank you so much precious i give you praise and i thank you on behalf of my brothers and sisters i thank you lord because this is our reality oh thank you father for in jesus name we have prayed now look up here you know what we used to do before when we finish preaching i will ask you to pray to god how many of you know that god lives in you very good now that's what we are doing you are engaging the one that is in you whatever picture that you see keep that's all you have to do tell you it's not difficult keep that picture think on that picture meditate on that picture talk to yourself like you're in that picture over and over and over again don't worry don't go and try to figure out how to get there heaven and earth god has so made it that everything will work together when jesus said of that victory this is what happens he didn't go to the next evening to go and check what he has happened that's the same thing 
I'm showing you how to walk in the faith of God. Somebody say a very loud amen. Did that work for somebody this morning? Are you sure this morning? Come on, let's give him praise in the house. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now you know how to pray without season. You know how to pray without season. Those thoughts are prayers. You repeat them over and over and over again. It's our Thanksgiving Sunday. So we're all going to stand together now. The choir will give us some songs.